0: down this stalker path. But maybe it's not so bad. It mm-hmm. She had a dark baptism, and there's nothing we can do to stop her. This is uncharted territory. Do you think you can handle it? i afraid of my powers or I can use them. We've heard reports of levitation, the slaughter of demons, resurrection of witches. How does a first-year half-mortal student... For me. All right, people, welcome back to another installment of Entertainment Beyond. For this episode, I am your one and only host, without the most, Jensen, the beautiful and majestic motherfucking Dean Jackson. Bringing you my thoughts, views, and opinions on The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Season 2, or as Netflix is titling it, Part 2. Now, what you just listened to for about close to two minutes was the trailer for The Chilling Adventures Season 2. And man, you know, sometimes I think with TV shows, when I'm given 23 episodes to digest, I'm like, why can't we slim this shit down like by... You know, shave off like five episodes or so. And then I get a season like The Chilling Adventures Season 2 or Part 2. And I'm like, why can't I get a little bit more? I guess it's that, you know, nothing's ever good enough. I am not a super millennial, but I'm starting to understand. You know, sometimes you're nitpicky, you complain about things, wah, wah, wah. And then when you get what you want, it's not good enough. And in this instance, I got what I wanted by only getting what is it, nine episodes in the Chilling Adventures season two. And I wanted more of that sweet sauce. You know, the cast comes back. There's a couple of uh new inclusions. I do I do believe that Dorian Gray wasn't in part one. Um Alexis Denisoff, if any of you have ever seen uh Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or the spin-off Angel, you know, recognize Alexis Denisoff as, um, man, his, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Wesley, yes, Wesley, the complete opposite to what he portrays in part two of The Chilling Adventures. He was also in How I Met Your Mother in later seasons and a bunch of other cult classic affair. I just, I, I gotta say, you know, get this off my chest. Uh, at the beginning, Karina Shipka who plays Sabrina Spellman or or Morningstar depending on how far you are into the part 2 man what a what a button she is just cuter than a little button i'll say that the only thing <clears throat> the only knock i can put against this uh this new season is that she is she's gone from a blonde to platinum and it's just so there was a little in between part one and part two, they dropped an episode, a holiday episode called, uh, The Chilling, Ad- Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and Midwinter's Tale. And that's the first time you see it. And it's quite shocking. Like at first, I thought, because I was watching on uh, on my uh, iPhone SE, and I thought like, maybe the uh, brightness is just a little dim. And that's why it looked like, I put it on full force and her hair was platinum. And it's nice that they address it. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it was a, uh, if it was intentional, or if it was just like an oopsie, and they just kind of went with it. But it's nice that they address it, you know, the little throwaway line, like, I like the new look, yada yada, and they, and they move on. Uh, one of the major plot points from part one that's never really picked up on is the fact that Brother Ambrose, or Ambrose Spellman, is at the end of the season placed under a love spell by his boyfriend. You know, and I thought going in, in the beginning, you know, part one or season one, however, you know, green and eight, green eggs and, and ham as he liked them. I thought that, uh, I thought he was gay, but then throughout this, this season, uh, he has little trysts with, um, the main weird sister. And, uh all all why his boyfriend has been sent away on a secret satanic mission, and tisk tisk to Brother Ambrose for being a cheater, but you know tisk tisk on me for trying to put Brother Ambrose in a tidy little box that is something that we should all break ourselves away from doing is trying to quantify what someone is for our own comfort because it's a ridiculous. Endeavor and only make you look foolish. I felt foolish. But they never addressed the fact that he is held under a love spell. And, I don't know, loose, loose ends. I mean, it's it's a minor one, but it felt like a major thing. I feel like, is the way that I feel about it, uh, if I was, you know, a warlock or whatnot, or in Harry Potter universe, just a plain old-fashioned wizard, uh, I would, you know... You know, shake my hand sternly at people like, yeah, like, what happened, man? It, last I checked, you couldn't get a date with that chick to save your life and your whole family's life, and now she's all over you, like, hanging off you. What's up? Oh, yeah, I hit her with a little bit of that razzmatazz. I I spellbound her. Like, you are a disgusting human being. Being a witch or a wizard or witcher witch or a warlock and placing a love spell on someone, to me, is the same thing as a human being roofing someone. They're not, you know... That it just, it ain't right. But Brother Ambrose goes through so much of a fucking ringer. By the end of, of part two, Brother Ambrose has been falsely accused of murdering the anti-pope. This show gets so fucking weird. Like, I know that my mother would try to cast me off this mortal coil if I said, hey, let's sit down and watch A Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And, and not giving her any exposition, just like, yeah, let's watch this. It's a cute little show. You know, some friends become enemies, some enemies become friends, you know, she would try to cast me back to hell because this show is just so off the fucking reservation with everything. You know, I, I am a Christian and I'm not going to, you know, talk about my beliefs too much. This is about the podcast, but it, it fits within the context of this episode. I'm a Christian. I believe that when I die, I will be forgiven for all of my sins and I will go to heaven and I will spend the afterlife eternally happy. Everybody has their beliefs and and, in this, uh, show certain people praise Satan. So like I said, in the first podcast, you know, be weird things like hail Satan or praise, praise Lucifer things that really just kind of like, it makes me giggle. Because of just how wrong these people are, but at the same time there was that internal struggle within myself. Of you know, you never want to let too much in because things, whether you know it consciously, subconsciously, they affect you. Sometimes in a positive and sometimes in a negative way. So I try to try to be easy with how much stuff relating to the devil I let into my life, just because the devil is. He he is a tricky bastard. But uh again, everybody brings it. You know, there's one one of one of my favorite characters is uh Zelda's sister. I'm drawing a blank on her name, but Zelda's sister just just the sweetest thing. And there's there's an episode where the background of the episode uh, there's a so the background of the episode for the mortals is Valentine's Day. But the demonic version of that, I guess, or the witchy version of that would be Lubricalia, which is like a three-day event or some shit. Lots of hunting. Basically, it's a festival of fucking. It's basically what they're, you know, promoting to these young minds at the Academy of Unseen Arts is that, hey, you know, lubricate, fuck. You know, just get out there in the woods and fuck each other. They just have a fancy name for it called lubricalia, which is just you know kind of makes you. Bleh. But Hilda works at a place. Man, why can't I remember the name? She works at this like diner slash bookstore type of deal. And at the at the end of part one season, we're just gonna call them seasons. At the end of season one, her and her boss recite a uh, incantation to ward off. Greendale 13 and then after that they have what's commonly referred to as a moment I think they kiss and so that's kind of been put on the back burner but she she has feelings and so it's actually one of the the more kind of like it makes you it hits you in the feels where she goes to see him dressed up to give him a Valentine And at first her boss rebuffs her advances and she rebuts with saying, you know, like we, we did have a moment. Like I felt the very same thing you felt like you, I don't know why you can't, why you're trying to deny it. And he's like, I'm your boss. It would be inappropriate, blah, blah, blah. So then she, what, what any person you felt love, I've been in love before crazy things when you're loved. So he says uh, her rebut to him saying, I'm your boss. She says, I'll quit. And he says, Hilda, I think that's her name. Hilda he's like, come on, you know, basically like tells her get lost. And so while Zelda is out celebrating, uh, coming back early from celebrating lubricalia because they hear a werewolf crying. Cause I do mention that all manner of beasts are pretty much out and about horny as fuck and ready to just get it on Marvin Gaye style. And so she comes back and they share a room. Don't ask me why two grown-ass women share a room. I have no answers for you, good sir. So she comes back and and Hilda is crying. I mean, crying her eyes out. And it is the the most touching moment. It, it's a moment when it hits you in the feels. And it's a moment that says, man, these two, these two women really love each other's family. Where she's crying and she's explaining... You know, and just like, man, it's almost, it's almost bring me to a tear trying to describe it to you fine people that she says through uh, sobbing tears that she gave her boss her heart and he threw it away. Basically, man, that really gets you right in the good old emotional gonads. Yeah, she gave, uh, she gave him her heart and he threw it away. And like I said before, you've been in love, I've been in love. We've been there before where we gave our heart to someone who didn't want anything with it, and it hurts. Like, you know, I can remember a couple times, and it hurts. hurts thinking about it. But her sister, Zelda, fierce fierce queen that she is, tells her to buck up, basically, that she is a huntress, to put on something sensual, and go down to that bookstore and get her a man, which she does. It's it's a really, in a season that's darker, it's one of the lighter moments that makes you feel good. Like, that's what I'm talking about right there. That is that, that's that sweet sauce, you know? And so, and I'm thinking the whole time, because, you know, there the whole season is built around trying to get Sabrina to sign her name in the Book of the Beast, which, as you know, if you've seen the season, she eventually ends up doing and it kind of felt like, what was, that? I think she had a dream or premonition or something like that, where the devil came to her and, you know, blah, blah, one day I'm going to call on you to do my bidding or whatnot. And I kind of felt like that was something they could build off and of. maybe save it till season three, but no, we jumped full force with it into season two. And yeah, man, you know, towards the end of the season, she starts, um, I think it's like three episodes before the season finale. And witch hunters come, and you find out that they are angels, which is just like, I mean, why not? But it really kind of takes you back. But you find out that they're angels, and Sabrina walks into, I believe it's called the Church of Night to save her coven, and she gets shot with arrows. And you're like, well, she can't be dead. Like, that's not how it goes. Then they're good, you know, they're trying to. So basically, in this this version of being a witch or warlock you're fully full-blown committed to the devil like you got full-blown aids and so if you start reciting any type of christianly things you will actually vom you will actually vomit blood and so the angels are trying to get um the witches and warlocks to repent so that they can murder them and they will ascend to heaven instead of going to hell when they die one of them tries it, they can't do it, so they kill him, and after they kill him, Sabrina, turn around, camera pans back around, Sabrina is levitating in mid-air, demonic, slight demonic voice, with white eyes, and proceeds to get the angels to renounce, as she calls, my good Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, their, their false god. Uh, they do, and... This is something that actually, it actually makes sense. You know, if you get someone in your, in your, you're in a war and you are able to flip an opposing side, an a person on the opposing side of the war and you're able to flip them, you know, lickety split, you kill them, right? Because if they're willing to flip on their people for you, what are they willing to flip on you for? You know what I'm saying? So they flip on, on God and then Sabrina smites them burns them burns their soul burns their very essence off of that mortal plane and you know for a couple episodes she's starting to think that she is more than just a regular witch and she is attributing that to the fact that she believes herself to be half mortal and there's a moment that her and Harvey her ex-boyfriend at this time have and he it was it was so beautiful there was so much yes in what he was saying because he equated what she was doing to that of the dark phoenix and it's really funny that sabrina says are you really quoting comic books to me right now and he goes into the, to explain uh jean gray and her fall from grace and it kind of it kind of worked you know he equated sabrina and her transformation to that of Jean Grey's in *The Dark Phoenix*, and it's just so much. I mean, being a comic book purist and a nerd—not even at heart—not even at heart—I wear my my nerdiness on my sleeve, uh, literally, because I have nerdy tattoos. So I wear my my nerd heart on my sleeve. It was there was so much winning going on in that that one um, that one instant. And I'll I'll say this, I'll talk about this, my last point, you know, I'm not really, I'm spoiling the season, but I'm leaving things in there for you to discover your own. We discover at the end of the season, another heartbreak Drake moment, uh, that Sabrina is not Sabrina Spellman, she is Sabrina Morningstar. The devil had tricked her intended father into letting him lay with Sabrina's mother. And, like, I, is it just me or is serving the devil fucked up, okay? Because so this guy wants to christen her the queen of hell, which means that not only is she his daughter biologically, but he fully intends to consummate the marriage. And if you don't know what consummate means, it means that he fully intends to have intercourse with his daughter, which is just so many different fucking levels of what the fuck you? Disgusting! Get the fuck out of town with that shit. But I guess that's what being a devil worshiper is about. Uh, apparently, uh, if you read the fine print, incest is is um in there somewhere. I I don't know. For me, that's a hell the fuck no. But yeah, people, and so another tidbit. Another another plot point is that in another episode titled The Mandrake, which I think a few other things that I, that I discussed uh, happen in this episode, she discovers an incantation that has her digging up a Mandrake to get rid of her powers so that she can't fulfill the prophecy. Pretty much, long story short, things don't really work out the way they do, and turns out she's been committing all these Unholy atrocities or whatever and that was the last one which is suicide, which is like the biggest sin biggest mortal sin of all and so also another big big bombshell is that throughout the throughout the second season and I don't know how well versed you guys are with the Bible or different interpretations of the Bible, but we find out that Lilith the Lilith is has possessed the body of Mrs. Wardwell. And so we find out that all she really wanted from life was for Lucifer to make her his queen and for them to rule over hell together. But Lucifer being Lucifer, he was only interested in stringing her along and using her. You know, pretty much typical typical male. Stringing a woman along based on the fact that they are hopelessly devoted to them, knowing that they would do anything for them in that state of devotion and abusing that. And so at the end of part two, Lilith bestows her powers, Sabrina's powers back to her after she had sacrificed them, and also gives back the body, unpossesses the body of Mrs. Wardwell. You know, so for a series about devil worship and murder and and children having premarital sex, there are there is some levity there are light spots i i i absolutely absolutely adore the series i uh was a big fan of the original 90s to early 2000s or yeah early 2000s sabrina the teenage witch i like how it keeps flipping everything that i know about the characters and the surrounding universe on its head i would like to see a crossover with uh Riverdale, seeing as this is a spin-off of the Riverdale C- TV series. But who knows what's going on with Riverdale. Peace, Luke, Perry, uh, my thoughts and prayers go out to the family. It's a tragedy. So who knows if there will be a crossover, seeing as there was tragedy on the set of Riverdale. But yeah, you guys, that's going to have to do it for this episode. Um, you can catch me and Alan. We'll be back. Either this Friday night or Saturday morning to discuss uh, part one of part two of Allen and Mine's top five movies of all time, uh, with I think about two or three honorable mentions. Uh, so, this Friday or Saturday's episode of that will be part one. It'll be part one, The Jensen Chronicle, followed in uh, uh, another week by part two, The Allen Conclusion. All right, you guys, keep it locked to whatever podcasting app you found this on. And as always, I want to say thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for giving me time to listen to me. I know you've got more important things to do than listen to some dumb jerk-off talk about his views and opinions on movies. And again, I just want to say I'm sorry for past podcast episodes I get locked up in my passion for comic books I don't mean to alienate anyone or make them feel like their views, thoughts, or opinions are inferior to mine. We're all fans at the end of the day. And I don't give a damn if you got brought into the Marvel Universe by comic books or by the movies. At the end of the day, you still know who Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Groot, the Guardians, whatnot and whatnot. You still know who they are. It doesn't matter. We still love them anyways. doesn't matter how we came. So I just want to say I'm sorry about that, you guys. And I'll catch you this Friday or Saturday. Peace.